What's up, everybody? It's a Since 94 podcast back at you. I'm what? here with the wonderful Gary D. God and Tanya Leon. What up? And Welcome back, man. Welcome, yeah, Welcome back from Henderson. Here. Damn, I haven't done a show since... Since Henderson. 2019, since the Henderson show. Well, we haven't done a show. Yeah, it's been a while. We, we, we have a lot to catch up on, and we're going to be catching up on the, in the next couple of weeks. We've yeah. got a lot of content coming out. We just It's been a long week for a lot of us, but... Long month. Long month, yeah. But um, we don't have JB with us today. But he'll be back soon. Next yeah. episode is going to be a good one. Yeah, we'll have JB back. Um, oh. Since we've been gone, uh, two big stories in the sports world, Super Bowl and trade deadline. I think that's what we're going to touch upon today. Yeah, and we, we got an update at the end of the episode, but we'll talk about that after. Yeah. But, but yeah, so just want to briefly touch on Super Bowl. Super Bowl th- 54, I believe. You know, I never keep up with these numbers. Never. I, I, I can't read Roman numeral numbers. That's the smartest that most NFL fans feel, I bet, is knowing the Roman numerals. There's a Super Bowl LIV. LLLIV. Yeah, Super Bowl LIV. So it was between the San Francisco 49ers and the Kansas City Chiefs. Won by the Kansas City Chiefs. Patrick Mahomes MVP. It was a good game. It was a great game. That was actually super entertaining. Like, I thought, like, compared to last year's Super Bowl, not only depressing because the Rams lost, mm-hmm. but also just because it was a 13-3 to game. Yeah, at least they scored in this game. There, yeah, there were multiple touchdowns scored, which, it was, this was a fantastic game, like, and also super happy for Kansas City, super happy for the states of both Missouri and Kansas. <laughs> Can you believe one team won the Super Bowl for two states? Yeah, good for them. Yeah, I don't think it's ever been done before. Well, because for a long time, the Rams were in St. Louis. So, like, mm. M- Missouri, there was, like, this battle between, like, the Chiefs and, and um, the Rams in terms of, like, fandoms. But it's... It kind of culminated into like the Rams leaving it at all. The Kansas City Chiefs got like a hundred thousand more fans followers. minimum. But yeah, it's, it was a great it was it was a great game. I was really did you have money on it? No, but I had a feeling Kansas City was going to win. Did you, you go in until you had Kansas? You know what it was was I thought it, it seemed like it, it felt like last year where like a bunch of people thought the Rams were going to win. Yeah, but then like the the team that you, with the better coach quarterback combo one and no matter what you th- thought about like i doubted kansas city for like the entire like season year. yeah me yeah too. like throughout the year in our podcast like if we could go back and look at the power rankings that me and johnny were putting up i never i don't feel like i had the chiefs in my top five like early on in the year it was weird because these guys like you you remember Mahomes gets injured sometime during the season. He was yeah. out a couple of games. We thought his season was done, and then yeah. he ended up just limping off, like snapping his knee back in place. You're right. And, I forgot about that. They were still winning games. Yeah. They were trying, but and but it just showed like the sense of perseverance that I didn't recognize early on. And you saw that throughout the playoffs. As soon as they beat Tennessee the way that they did afterwards, I was like, they're going to win the Super Bowl. I mean, yeah. I, I even knew Tennessee being there was a surprise for a lot of people. But but still, it's the idea that they were down and they had the will and the fortitude to rally and come back. Yeah, like that was impressive. I I I, I, I as soon as I, I felt it during the game too, and also because newsflash to everybody, uh, I guess Shanahan choked again. I don't know. I don't like saying. I don't like saying that he choked. I don't think. Okay, here's. The, I, I'm exaggerating the choking part because he obviously wasn't because this is what choke. like and you're talking about uh, with the Falcons. Yeah, up twenty eight to three, and they still lost, and they lose in the fourth. This time they're up twenty to ten, something like that. Yeah, and then 
Kansas City scored they could, 21 they, straight. Yeah, they could have easily, like, put away the game. Patrick Mahomes threw, like, a couple costly interceptions. That could have, like, lost them the game. And, and it was just the same result. It's the same thing over and over again. Like, I can't believe that... I can't believe that they were able to come back the way that they did. Well, it kind of goes back to the whole thing you said about the persevering, that they persevered all year long. And now going to come into this game down 20 to 10, persevere back into a win. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, so it's the story, story of the season. It, like, and it, it's also, well, my biggest takeaway for, okay, so I had like a couple takeaways, like my main ones. The first is that the the Niners just got exposed. Like we can't we can't be we can't be like like dance around that. Yeah, we could say that like Garoppolo had a pretty like a fairly okay game. Like he threw a touch that to, I was surprised he threw that much. Like he threw thirty one. But times. you see, that's what's but that's what I mean by that's that's a Shanahan thing. That can't be anything else. Because think about it like this: if I read you if I read you golf stats from last Super Bowl. Right, and I read you yeah. in Garoppolo's stats from this Super Bowl. They're almost identical, except for two things. One, Garoppolo scored a touchdown. Yeah, but he also had one more. He also had two interceptions where Goff had. Goff two, had what? Had Goff had one. Oh, okay. It was zero and one, and they had they they ran they and he basically threw for the same two hundred twenty yards. So, it's and so did, and, and another thing. So did Brady last in that same Super Bowl. So yeah. the quarterbacks didn't really do well. It was just comparable. Again, it, that's what I. But that just feels like a coaching thing at the end, where they had the lead, they could have maintained that lead, but then. Which is weird because they're a running team, and running teams usually maintain leads because they just run out the clock. Yeah, and I don't. And they scored. A, they scored like two what two running touchdowns, I think. Like they could have easily put away the game, but uh, they just, just didn't. One. Most Mostert had one. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo had one. Oh okay. But like that's when I but you get you see what I mean like and then the, my second takeaway is defensive touchdown. You no know, yes I can't remember. Yeah but, no no they just had an interception. But here here's my second <laughs> thing about my second takeaway is Patrick Mahomes is just is so, a beast. He's just so it's good scary is not like that this guy is twenty four years old. Oh yeah but this is. Him and Andy Reid, this could be like a new kind of yeah, which Brady is my, and Belichick. Which is my third point is that I'm so happy for Andy Reid. Yeah, man. The guy deserves it. Yeah. The guy's won more. It's like if Don Nelson He's been doing this forever. won yeah. in the Don NBA. Don Nelson's a good, good It one. really is like, he's like, how can you be the winningest coach and not win a title? Yeah. Like, finally, Andy Reid got yeah, Mahomes. Like, like, because he's had an amazing... Like, he had Donovan McNabb for that long and he couldn't win. Yeah. But now, it, it it's... It's now just kind of definitive that you, not definitive, but you could say that they really were la- last year. They really were one bad defensive call away exactly. from making the Super Bowl. Exactly. So and they're gonna be good with this combination. They're gonna dominate. Now after this, what happens is with these like quarterbacks is what we see, what we're seeing with the Rams, um, what we saw with the Falcons. How much are you gonna pay Mahomes once that rookie contract is up? Yeah. Because you can see that the Rams right now are struggling with. Uh, personnel, mm-hmm. we paid golf that much money, you know, really that much money, everybody, that much money. That, but when it comes to QBs, it's like, would you rather, cause for me, I know what my answer is to this question. Would you rather be on a winning team or be on a losing team getting paid more? 
Like, how about you take $5 million less and give it to the offensive lineman that you really need? Yeah, but you, you see, know what I mean? It's hard to say that because, like... I'm all about get your money. I'm all about it. I'm I all about understand. good players getting their money. Like, the, the owners are making billions of dollars that, in every sport. Yeah. I'm all about player empowerment. Go get your money. But at the same time, don't you want to win? It's a lot more fun when you're winning. Right? Well, yeah, but it's also really fun to make $100 million. Yeah, and the bigger picture is like, okay, what's $5 million to my 20 I'm making this year, right? But if it's a four-year contract, that's $20 million you just missed out on. Well, here's the thing. You have to also look at, the look at like, wait, so we talk about the model of getting paid, right, as a quarterback. Yeah. And, and I guess this is a real good topic of discussion because now that they, the Chiefs won the Super Bowl, Pat Mahomes is going to get paid, like, real fat. Like, from the Chiefs, you're saying? Yeah. Oh, okay. I he's going to get... He's, he's going to set the market, like, because... Which, I give credit to the Rams in this case, and, and the Eagles, too, in, in some degree, but I'll talk about that later, is that you have to look at it... You, we, we always talk about what quarterback do we talk about from the model of taking pay cuts. We talk Brady. about Brady. Yeah. But... One thing that we never talked... And that works. Yeah, but it only worked also because Brady's wife is also extremely rich. Okay, because, but they're all rich. But it's not in the same way. Like, Brady had the luxury of knowing that they were they already had the money so that he could have turned down all those all those pay, like paychecks like for pay bumps. And also, you could expect that Robert Kraft is like the shrewdest dude ever and they were just thinking of like... Like keep lo- like keep the longevity of of winning and and without having to pay Brady and like they're playing a chicken with him right now which I don't believe he's gonna leave. But, Me neither. But still, this is just what it is. And Patrick Mahomes won. Unlike Goff and and Wentz, who got paid, and Mahomes the got there and won the game. Yeah. Like. And he and he has an MVP under his belt. The other two guys don't. Exactly. Like so, and a fan of yeah. Like, like Carson once could have gotten that MVP that year, but he like tore his ACL, unfortunately. Maybe but if he could have made it with him. Yeah, but but and it's all but also Nick Foles won the Super Bowl. He didn't don't disrespect Nick Foles. And Jared Goff lost. Both the guys who were the number one two picks who yeah. were who were coveted after who got paid before Mahomes didn't didn't finish the job. Yeah. Mahomes did. So you have to imagine that he he's gonna get he's gonna make Goff's contract look like nothing. If you're an uh, uh, an athlete, because I know you could have had the chance to be a professional athlete, but <laughs> you blow, in, in one life you blew out your knee, um, and you thought you know I'd rather focus on school instead of go to the sports profession, right? Yeah. <laughs> so let's say you chose the sport sports life. Okay. Going back to my point of getting paid. And not winning, or taking a pay cut and making your chances of winning higher. Would you rather take the pay cut, or are you... And by pay cut, it's not like you're taking a huge... You know, you're just, just like 3 million well, less, yeah, the, 5 million here's less. Here's the thing, I, for, my, for who I am... Yeah, I'm talking about just you, personally. Yeah, I would... I mean, yeah, if I was making millions of dollars, like, I want to be greedy. I would too, you know. But here's, here, here's the issue with that, is that... For some of these guys, and I, which I totally get it from their perspective, it's like that's not just wealth for them; that is generational wealth. I know, I know. Like I know. if I made a hundred million dollars in in a span of for like okay, let's see, split up the contract was like five year extensions, right? Yeah. yeah. So let's say I made a hundred and uh, like Jared Goff's contract was like one hundred ten million guaranteed. Okay. If I made a hundred and ten million dollars in fi- for a five year period. Who cares, could, who cares if you win or lose? I could turn that into, like, wealth for the rest of my life. Like, okay, dude, okay. How about he doesn't go get 110? How about he makes 
85. 85 and then was able to like sign And he's him. still winning. Yeah, but then what if he still but what if he loses? There's a difference. That's the that's It's the different when NBA players take pay cuts because if I take if I'm Kevin like let's say I'm Steph Curry, if I if I take a paid cut just to have Kevin Durant for another 4 years, we can win four more championships. Yeah. But that's not guaranteed in Nothing, the NFL. Well, winning and losing is you not could, guaranteed. You but, be, yeah, it's not, but, it's, but it's all about making your chances higher. Yeah, and slightly, but it's not that much higher. Like, okay, I get what you're saying. Like, yeah, why don't you pay, like, top offensive linemen to, like, come and play on your team? Protect and then you, you could just be incredible. Yeah. That's true. But you also have to imagine that that's also not a guarantee either. No, and, no, anybody no, can no, blow out their knee and you just wasted like uh, ten million dollars paying your right guard. Like you, you, sorry. So it sounds like you're gonna take the money. Yeah, I would take the money. You just you're not gonna take the money. I mean, I would. My personally, morally, like yeah, for yeah, me I'm as like, I would like to not take the money. I would. Like, I think I, I would, would like not. to take the pay cut so that I could win more. But at the same time, if I ju- if I was Patrick Mahomes and I just won the Super Bowl the way that I just won the Super Bowl, I'm not. I'm I'm getting my money right now. Yeah. Because there. Because the pro- the sad reality with professional athletes is that if I don't take the money that I should have and I blow out my knee, a la Derrick Rose. Yeah, yeah no, you're you just lost. Like, you just lost out on so much money. Like there's but, a lot of variables that go into this situation. But overall, I'm really happy with the Super Bowl. I'm really happy for Andy Reid the most. He deserved it. He needed to win. The Chiefs are going to be the next AFC dynasty. Any uh, commercials that stood out to you? None. I, you know, it was funny is so, it's a story about this. I picked up my dad from the airport. Oh yeah, you almost Super Bowl completely day. forgot about that. I, I picked him up from the airport and during the game, actually. I forgot I didn't watch it with you. Yeah, no. Wow, I, this whole time I thought, well, I saw the game with you. <laughs> no, dude, I was, yeah, I was right. driving I back from LAX and my dad is a San Francisco 49ers fan. Yeah, yeah. And watching Every him day. watch the 49ers lose again. because Especially they, when they were up, like yeah. on top of that. Because he was just happy. He's like, man, this Garoppolo guy might be good. I don't know. Like, Kaepernick was a disappointment, like, because they lost in the Super Bowl to the Ravens. It's like, oh, this might be our chance. And then, and then they just blew it again. And watching my dad react to watching the Niners blow it again is just incredible. I don't like to say, like, teams blew it because you kind of, like, take away from the team winning it. You know what I mean? Yeah, but they like did the kind Chiefs of... Chiefs won it. The, yeah, but the Niners they, didn't blow it. But I, I, it's, I don't mind... Saying that it's both, it can easily be both. Yeah, because no, why can't you say? Because why can't you say it's both? Like you know what I mean? I don't know. I just think that it's it's as much the the Niners' fault as it is the Chiefs just and Patrick Mahomes just being that good. You know, commercial messed me up. Hmm. I don't know what it was for, honestly, but it was that one where like the grand the gra- the grandpa. Oh my god, <laughs> the one you sent me. I sent it to you. That one messed me up. Okay, so for context, it's like it's a Google commercial. What was it about? It was, it was Google. It was like Alzheimer's or something. Yeah, no, it was no, it was about this old man who basically tried to like uh, maintain all the things to like remember his dead wife. Jeez, man, that killed me. Like, yeah, it's supposed to be a tearjerker, but at least it wasn't like, oh, hey, Google, do this, and then turn into like a Toyota commercial, like. It didn't trick you like every other commercial. I know, did. but like I'm, I'm watching a game. I'm like six beers in, and I'm, I, I haven't watched any commercial. You know, <laughs> every time it's commercial, I'm, I'm drinking. I look up and I see that. I'm like, the is bumming out. The yeah. game just starting. Let me see Shakira. Where's Shakira at? Yeah, I don't know. I'm just like whatever about it. But yeah, anyway, I'm happy with it. I'm happy with the game's results. I don't mind it. I'm. This is just like a good time. For Kansas City, for Missouri, for the state of Kansas. Again, I can't believe they won Super Bowl for two states. But it's it's pretty great. Like, I 
I think like moving forward, the Niners and the Chiefs are still going to be probably the best teams. I don't know about that. I don't know about the Niners coming back. Really? That division is insane. Anyone could come out of the division. Yeah, it's just like... Like it, like it, the Rams. Yeah. What happened to them? They're out, it, you know? Yeah, the, the, you, funny thing, the Rams are the only winning team to not make the playoffs. Yeah, I could see that happening to the and Niners they were one next fi- year. They were essentially one field goal away. I could see the Niners the same thing next year. I wouldn't be surprised, but I also think that they're, they're not losing the same pieces that the Rams lost. After the Super Bowl, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. they still pretty much got their same roster. Now, we'll see. Well, they're going to, they they might lose some pieces, but they're going to, they could draft and replace those pieces pretty easily. Yep. But I think the Rams are going to come back, though. I think, like, the, after they got their offensive line set up, I think they're going to draft pretty well. And I think new coordinators, new coordinators, new young guys new coming stuff, in. Yeah. And I think they're going to be better than they were last year. I think the last year was just like that, like that one fluke, not fluke year, but. There was that in between year for Pete Carroll and 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 Russell Wilson where they went nine and seven and didn't make the playoffs. So what do we end up with? Nine and seven. Nine and seven. Hmm. I don't come back, but yeah, I, but I think the Chiefs are just going to dominate the AFC. Like there's, it's, it's them and essentially the Ravens. Like, and that's going to be a good it's matchup. Fun, yeah, it's it's going to be good, good matchups for years to come. I hope that's, that's what good it television. is. I'm really happy about that, and the NFC is a dogfight again. Yeah. But yeah, overall, I'm pretty happy with that. All right, let's um, jump to some NBA then. Yes. So the trade deadline was last week. Yeah. Um, a lot of stuff went down. A lot of stuff went down. Um, we could start off with the let's start off with the Clippers trade since we're in Los Angeles. We'll talk about Clippers first. Um, so the Clippers got Marcus Morris in a three-team deal. Yes. Um, they got Marcus Morris and Isaiah Thomas. They sent Mo Harkless to the Knicks, a 2020 first-rounder. And a second round pick from the Pistons. the Pistons. And then the Wizards got Jerome Robinson. Ultimately, the Clippers cut Isaiah Thomas. Yeah. How do you feel? You like it? You love it? Hate it? I, I mean, it's like a... I, okay, like, on paper, it seems like a good trade. We're talking Clippers here. Yeah. Because the other teams aren't relevant. Here, yeah. The, the, for the Knicks, it's an, it's kind of an A-plus in the way they that, got a, like, they, got they, got pick. Got, they dumped salary or whatever. Like, they're not trying to win right now. They're just trying to, like, get ahead in some way, shape, or form. Yeah, Wizards, we got a young guy. So, but for the Clippers... What do you think? Marcus Morris, how is he going to help? I think he helps a lot. And he helps a lot in certain ways, but he doesn't answer questions and other, like other issues. Like it, it seemed like, it seemed like one of those moves, it seemed like a move that was done for two reasons. One is, and I said this to Johnny on our last episode, on, I think it was our last episode or maybe with the one prior was, I felt like the Clippers had much more ability and flexibility which they did than the Lakers did with trading so they were able to make this kind of trade without having to give up crazy assets because the money made more sense for what they had yeah I didn't think the Lakers were going to make a move it it, it didn't make any sense for them to do it for like a cool playmaking guard or whatever but yeah it it didn't seem like the right like for what they were asking for but for Marcus Morris it just that uh, it made from if I'm the Clippers right if I'm Jerry West if I'm if I'm Doc Rivers I'm looking at the situation I go okay there is a possibility that I think that that the, the team we're, we're trying to be, because that's essentially what they're doing, because part of this season isn't just about winning the title. It's about a gigantic like marketing campaign to take fans take away from the Lakers. Take over Los Angeles. Yeah, and which is good for them. Like they're, they're, trying to establish, they're trying to establish themselves. So for me, it's like I'm not going to let the Lakers 
somehow snag Marcus Morris for nothing when I know we can give the Knicks just money and picks and salary dumps and things that they want. So now officially for Marcus Morris, they gave up now their entire future for the next five years because they had a bunch of they had very few picks left after the Paul George trade. And now they essentially have nothing. None, yeah. So, what do you give this? What's your grade? For I mean, for the Knicks, it's an A. I just think that they don't. They no, can't, you can't lose in the scenario. But for the, what do you give the Clippers, he played like today. A, about like it, Marcus Morris, like in like an A minus B plus, like. Because here's the reason is that it's an A minus in the sense that you got a really good player. Like you got a good player that can come off the bench or even star for you if you want. Yeah, I wonder what he did today. And play and and contribute on defense. He's a really good three point shooter. He's improved in that case and all that. But the B plus in the sense that they didn't solve their glaring problem again, which is their interior defense is just it's not good. Yeah. Like Imagine a scenario where, like, I'm not saying this. I don't think this has happened this season. It might have, but I'm not 100 percent sure because I just haven't been keeping up with every Clipper game. But imagine a scenario where you could just, which is what the, which is what LeBron and the Cavs did to the Warriors in 2016 that helped them catch up, which is just like driving the paint, just keep going in the paint, keep scoring easy points, and all, and just play defense out of your mind like get get guys fouled out because part of the reason why the Warriors lost which like people don't really besides Draymond not playing that game five was Bogut got injured and I really forget about that and that destroyed their interior defense like so much because they LeBron just got easy baskets in in every time so I don't think it's happened during the season where they fouled out Zubats because Doc Rivers doesn't play Zubats for some reason and which it still shocks me and He's, I like Zubats. I do too, and that, but that's a whole different thing. But yeah, like they just didn't—they didn't solve any problems. They got better in things that they were already good at. I don't—I don't get why they—they they, yeah—they upgraded Mo Harkless for Marcus Morris. But that's—but the reason why it's a B plus A minus to me is that it just—it just seems slightly short-sighted, and it seems like you should—you—you—you you, you really have to be confident that you're gonna—you're gonna go far or win it all this season because if you don't, you essentially. You essentially gave him Mo Harkless, who was an expiring contract, I believe. I'm not. Let me check. Two, you would give him Mo Harkless, who is essentially an expiring contract, either that or one year left, and picks for an expiring contract. So you know what I mean? Like, what did you really gain? Unless you're really confident. The reason Mo- I like the trade is because, um, yeah, it's an expiring. The reason I like the trade for the Clippers is because, one, it adds another perimeter shooter. Yeah. Um, I think he's hitting two and a half per game, shooting 40 plus from the three-point line on the year. Which is great. Which is amazing for them. Um, another floor spacer. He could guard one through four, maybe two through five. Um, they could switch everything if you have a lineup yeah. with Kawhi, George, um, him, Jermichael Green maybe, yeah. uh, and like throw him Beverly. He could, he'll, he'll switch and guard anybody too. So I like Marcus Morris a lot. Um but like you said, I don't know if it fixes their main issue, which is their size. Oh, and Montrez Harrell. Yeah. Um, and that you could throw in that lineup. I don't know if it helps in their size, you know, because in the playoffs, the game slows down. Um, and I know everyone just talks Lakers-Clippers, but that's that's what's probably what's going to happen. Yeah. Because we're the number one right now. Clippers are number two. When the playoffs, it's essentially, they say, a slower game. Yeah. And if the Lakers are going to pound it in the paint with AD and Dwight and McGee and even LeBron, um, it could wear teams down. 
Yeah, it's but hard. I like the Clippers. I really like the Clippers. They oh no, they, they're they're great. Like they're they they have every reason to feel confident in the way that they are. I just it's just one of those things to me that makes me say again, like you have to be really confident that this is gonna work because you're no, essentially they, dumping all. They, they are very confident. Yeah, like you have to. You, if you're dump, you've already dumped almost all your assets on Paul George, which to me has been not like has been pretty underwhelming. Like the Clippers have been generally underwhelming. But not in a bad way. They're just a really good team instead of a like the godlike team that ESPN has been hyping up for six months. Yeah. But you look at the you look at the like, but you look at like everybody else on that team. Like, it's you just traded away the last bit of your assets for a guy who's essentially an expiring expiring. They're contract. all about winning now. Who cares? They don't care about their assets. It's but it's gonna be really funny to see if this cycle repeats again with. With the Clippers, what happened with OKC, where they got a bunch of guys, they thought they were going to go far, and it's just Paul George cashing in again and getting traded again. I hope. If that happens, that'll be hilarious. Paul George wins at the end of this no matter what happens. If they win, great. If they lose, Paul George still gets paid. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, it's kind of incredible. Like, I, I'm you, I'm incredibly jealous of him from, like, from business aspect. He's getting his money. Because he just got, he got his money from, from Oklahoma. <laughs> He smoked some cigars on 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 Twitch Live or wherever he he did that or Periscope or something. What was that? I don't know. It was just it was just messing around. But like oh. he did it live. Like yeah, man. I thought un- he actually unfinished. Did that. No, he actually did unfinished business. He was smoking a cigar with uh, what's his name with Russell Westbrook, and he had that like party oh, or whatever. Remember that, that? one? Yeah, and he's like, we have yeah, unfinished yeah, yeah. business, and then gets traded the next season because <laughs> he cashed out. He yeah. did it for the money. We all knew that he was doing it for the money. Good for him, but. I don't know, but that's a whole other thing. So I want to get to the funniest trade, I think, for um, me. The funniest trade of the, the... Made no sense at all Yeah, is the Drummond trade. Oh, my... Is that, yeah. yeah. I don't... I, I honestly... I have no idea what so was happening. So Cleveland gets Andre Drummond and the Pistons send John Henson, Brandon Knight, and a 2023 second round pick. <sighs> that's... I don't get it. For who? For either team, okay. Here's the thing. I get it for the Pistons. I understand it more for the Pistons, but that's like a fifty-five. I get it for the Cavaliers. What's the point? They must they're going backwards. They're like, yeah, we're gonna get a guy who averages twenty rebounds, and we already have a guy who averages ten. We're gonna get rebound after rebound. You guys are gonna get one shot attempt on every offensive possession because we're gonna get every defensive board. And on the offensive end, we're gonna give. We like our chances on if we miss a shot. We're going to get a second chance because we have Love and Drummond down there. And we still got Tristan Thompson and Nance off the bench. I guess that's their philosophy. I mean, if that's what they really want to do, then great for them. But It's a complete opposite of opposite direction of where the NBA is going, right? Everyone's shooting threes and spacing the floor with, with big guys. I mean, uh, with uh, versatile big guys. Yeah, but you also look at the Lakers and see how they're succeeding with their their three-headed monster down low. Yeah, but there's LeBron at the helm of that ship. Yeah, that's true. I, I, Although Drummond did hit two threes today, shout out, shout out, uh, JB uh, <laughs> fantasy team right there. That's so funny. Like I, I, I think it's such a weird trade, but also the like the Pistons didn't really get much back. And granted, you could say that that just shows what Drummond's market actually yeah, yeah, was. No, they they got it was twenty eight million dollars. But here's the thing: there for for I think the week prior, we were hearing stuff about drum like the Clippers trying to like snag drumming there were like rumors going around and i was thinking that's that's some that there you go sense. that makes so much sense for them if they got drumming that would have been game over because they would have had the the one thing that they're missing a dominant anchor down low yeah, like yeah. they would have been there were you can't shoot on them anywhere that would have been just game but 
they didn't. Instead, they got another one, guy that they. But you see what I mean I by mean, that? they went from one irrelevant team to another. Yeah, so. but you see, but you see what I mean. It's like and now, and this makes less sense because if like if I heard that the, like if the, it was switched right, and I heard that the Clippers got Drummond and the Cavs got Morris, it fits better for each team. You know what I mean? It makes, makes sense. sense. Like, in every way, even cap-wise. Because then you could justify it for the Cavs and say, okay, well, Marcus Morris would be a free agent, and if they want to dump a contract, who cares? Yeah. But it just, it, it's such a weird, weird trade. And I don't know how, like, the Cavaliers must be really confident that they're going to not only re- They also have to it's, resign it was, a, it was a panic move. It was a panic move. But whatever. Forget those guys. Let's talk about some relevant trades that could change teams' futures. Because um, both those teams are irrelevant. Uh, the Minnesota trade with the Warriors. So Minnesota sent or, or gets D'Angelo Russell, Jacob mm-hmm. Evans, Amari Spellman, and the Warriors get uh, Wiggins, a 2021 top three protected first rounder, and a 2021 second round pr- uh, pick. That's a lot. Um, I love this trade for the Warriors. Yeah, I think it's a really this good trade for the Warriors. This is an ultimate panic move for the Timberwolves because Cat is pissed off and he's ready to uh sooner or later ask for a trade or not not come back to the t-wolves yeah ultimate panic move d'angelo yeah he could score a little bit of harden in his game you know dribbles too much pick and roll stuff um doesn't play defense cat doesn't play defense they're young guys i get it you know you got two pieces you could build around at least but well, it's like a Stefan Marbury, Kevin Garnett 2.0 kind of thing. Yeah. And that didn't work out. I don't think the only reason this might work out is because they're best friends. And it might bring because I remember watching an interview over the summer with them with them two and Devin Booker. Mm. And they're talking about how, oh yeah, we're gonna play together one day. I don't know who said it when they're But Devin Booker together. already signed like a yeah, yeah. gigantic contract. So maybe in though. like two, three years. I don't know. I don't know if there's a bigger picture to this. That's what, that was in the back of my mind when D'Angelo. But oh. as of right now, ultimate panic move for the Wolves. Um, because I don't think D'Angelo is worth a first rounder uh, or two two draft picks plus Wiggins. Well, he, well, to un- understand this also to give a little bit more context, prior to all that trading, there was the there was the gigantic trade that also involved the Timberwolves, which was the Rockets basically deciding they don't need anybody over 6'8 anymore. <laughs> and which, it was a four-team trade where the Rockets acquired Robert Covington and Jordan Bell and the 2024 20, Warriors second-round pick. Hawks get Clint Capella and Nene. The Timberwolves get Malik Beasley, Juan Hernan Gomez, Evan Turner, Jared Vanderbilt, and that's 2021st round pick. Well, the Nuggets get Gerald Green, uh, Keita Bates-Diop, I hope I'm saying his name right, Shabazz Napier, Noah Vonley, and the Rockets' 2020 first-round pick. That's insane. Like... See, that trade I like for the Timberwolves. That, this, that one I like. So Because those are all guys who are expiring. So this is interesting because they basically huddled around, like... They did two things. Look, to who, kind of dissect who, who, who. this. Houston? Uh, the Timberwolves. But okay. we'll get to Houston afterwards because that's going to be a fun topic discussion. But the Timberwolves essentially decided that they, like you said, they wanted to keep Cat happy. They, that's all they, it they thought it They thought this would be a move. Which, granted for them, this is kind of great. I think this is better than what you're putting it as because for them, if I'm, if I'm there, from their position as management, as the ownership, I go... 
Okay, keep my, him happy. Yeah, my number one. My star isn't happy. My number one pick, but he's and he, which, by the way, for a number one pick, he's also producing really well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. in a way that we haven't really seen from a big man since Anthony Davis, essentially, mm. for a number one pick. And yeah. there's and I want to keep him happy. I want to make everything work for this guy because he he's our franchise cornerstone. We're not going anywhere right now with just him. Oh, there's this other star out there who's really good, and that is pretty much a trade piece for that team. Yeah. And also, he's really good friends with the guy we already have. You're already winning like that trade, no matter what I think. Yeah, no, they're winning the trade, but I don't think it's gonna. They're gonna win a lot with that. Oh yeah, no, I don't like that. There, like there's that there's pieces that are missing that they need yeah. to fulfill, but as a but as like a cornerstone, it's pretty solid. And it's just, it, it is nice though. I mean, they did lose some pieces, but they also did trounce the Clippers by like 30 the other night, which was the weirdest game I've ever seen in my life, where they made like a record of like 20 threes in that game. That's how the NBA works now. Whoever hits the most threes wins. That's <sighs> so stupid. But that, that's, okay. that's the point. Um, but yeah, so, but. But what about the Rockets now? I don't understand. Okay. I watched a bit of. Did you watch the Laker game? I did. That was such a weird game because they essentially like that was a trap game. They won through Vegas won so much money on that. Oh yeah, hundred percent. I mean, anybody who bet on the Rockets that night to make it that many threes, I think yeah. they, I think they shot like fifty three percent from three from three. Like that's crazy. But and then they got rocked by Phoenix the next night. It's it's so we it was so funny watching that game because. While I was watching going, this is insane, I was also laughing at the idea that, like, this is what, this is what, this just proves that Daryl Morey didn't, like, none of them learned a thing in the last five years. They didn't learn anything. They learned, they, they saw something that they thought worked for them. They went full analytics. They lost to the Warriors game seven because, because they just couldn't hit the shots that they were supposed to make. Then... They essentially doubled down. But you know what's funny? When they you, when they you just talk said about... they just said screw it. They just uh, they just realized that Capel that paying Capella that much money was not worth it. Like, and and then they just traded him for nothing. And now they don't have size. They're they're banking on playing four small forwards and Harden and saying let's roll with this. Now I think it works better than it would have prior. Three small forwards because you got Russ out there, right? <laughs> but. He, well, that's that was another thing. The only that was another thing I was gonna say. The only thing that kind of saves this in a way is because they have Russell. Now, if they had Chris Paul, this thing would have been it, that's so much thing, of a though. disaster. But that's they have a, Russell Westbrook. The funny thing is, when you talk analytics and Daryl Morey in the same sentence, you can't have Russell Westbrook in that sentence because he's like the worst. He's analytics. the worst analytics. You know, Chris Paul makes a lot more sense with Harden. Not not a guy who doesn't shoot threes. You know, he's a horrible three point shooter. I think he has the worst three point percentage in the league. Um, for guys who qualify in that uh, category. You right. know what I mean? So yeah. maybe I'm thinking um, they're like, we can't have two guys on the court who can't shoot threes with Russ and Capella. Yeah. They're thinking, okay, if guys are going to help on Harden, they're helping off Russ, they're helping off Capella. Mm-hmm. Now you could only help off Russ and you got three other shooters out there. Yeah. Or if Russ is the guy coming into ISO, you pretty much can't help off anybody. Yeah, and that's a one-on-one just coming down downhill on you. Which I think for that in that case, that's actually kind of genius, right? That's, because that's that's what I'm thinking. Wait, because Russ is like your center because he gets your like. Uh, the offense is running just paint. Him. He's going to the paint, attacking the paint as a traditional bucket in the paint. Yeah, 
and then off and then the other four guys are just standing around. Yeah, it's ugly basketball. It's my most hated type of basketball. But strategically, I understand what they're trying to do. And it also creates like a sense of like cuz like you 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 see it happen with LeBron, right? Where if you surround LeBron with four shooters, you you win. That's yeah. And you're going to win most of the game. Like having a big man for him just is a double bonus, but that's just the general success for him is because yeah. he could just go down the go down to the paint. No one's gonna stop him, and the yeah. only other guy in the league that could do that is Russell Westbrook. Yeah. So, it I think what happened was they did try to accommodate more for Westbrook, but yeah. to his strengths. But the yeah. problem ends up being they got too small defensively. And what do you what, what's gonna happen with Harden? Like, yeah. so you you're essentially telling Harden, hey, uh, you're not gonna have the ball in your hands as much as you think you are anymore, yeah. because it worked before. It worked before when he had the ball in his hands. Because he could just dr- like drive it in, go for the foul, or just dump or, it off the or, or travel backwards and shoot a three, or tra- <laughs> like, or just chuck it, and it would have been totally fine. Now they're essentially doing what OKC kind of should have been doing with Russell Westbrook, and hoping that it succeeds. Yeah. Now they're one and one with it, which is what <laughs> funny enough, what analytically it kind of tells you. It's a and 50, they lost 50 shot. To Utah. Yeah. So, like, know. how much does that really help? Again, theoretically, the idea is incredible. Like theoretically, it makes se- it makes so much sense. In a perfect world, in a vacuum in basketball, you say put five shooters out there, or, and, or four and a and half could shooters, work. and or, just shoot threes. Yeah, because you you would either have to have one dominant ball handler who can get in the who can drive to the basket, or have one dominant big man who can be like the focal point of the offense. Yeah, like if you did the same thing with Cat down low. And him just kicking it out to any shooter, it would essentially be the same thing. One last thing about this trade before we go on to the last trade I want to talk about. Um, Atlanta, Capella. You like it? I love that. I really do. I think I Atlanta is a perfect compliment to Atlanta trade. really like is they're, they're I like it. I'm very impressed with their management. I'm pretty impressed with like what they're doing. They're just building around Trey. I think that's like, all it is. And and for all the for all the, the crap that Trey's been getting about not being Luca, like yeah. he's actually proving he's to a lot of great. people that he's trying yeah. to be a good player and I think this is really great. And I think that they're being really smart with their intention behind who they're trying to get. But I really want to see Trey Young in a in a in an important game first because Doncic is playing like playoff basketball um, because they're in playoff contention. You know, Atlanta's won like 10 games. So once Trey Young is winning meaningful games, then I'll really be on his bandwagon, you know? Gotcha. So last trade, um, before we wrap it up, uh, Heat and the Grizzlies mm-hmm. and a splash of the Timberwolves. Yeah. So Miami gets Iggy, Jay Crowder, Solomon Hill, Memphis gets Justice Winslow, James Johnson, Dion Waiters, uh, Gorgie Jang, and J- and then the Timberwolves get James Johnson. Ultimate winner of this trade, Andre Godala. Yeah. <laughs> Ultimate winner. Under, un- undebatedly the winner. Yeah. Because... Is he the winner of the trade deadline in general? <laughs> He's the winner of the year. I don't care who wins the NBA title. The guy sat and did nothing and then gets, still got paid. And, and still ended up on a contending team. Yeah. Like, how, what more can you ask for? I'm like jealous of him. You know, but if any, okay, granted, if any guy could have pulled that, polit like in the politics of the NBA right now, it was Iguodala. Yeah, you know, three time NBA champion, Finals MVP. I mean, well, a- asterisk because apparently giving it to the losing team is a no no. Thank you, every journalist who votes for this thing. That's so stupid. Anyway, the yeah. the it's insane. 
He stayed at home yeah. for seven months. He wrote a book. He went on ESPN. You know, talked a bunch of movie. crap about people. Talked about talk crap. Promoted his book. Played <laughs> golf at home. Probably. Yeah. He was still getting paid because it's guaranteed money from the Grizz um, or Warriors, whoever was paying him uh, from that money from that contract. Yeah. And then he gets straight to Miami, like a beautiful city. He's going to South Beach to play on a contending team. Yeah. And. He gets an additional fifteen to thirty million that, 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 team option. It's contract. funny how Miami to me won twice. Because, and he's thirty six. Yeah, like, this is the best way to get out. It's funny to me because this is besides the Clippers getting Kawhi and Paul George and the Lakers getting Anthony Davis. I felt like the biggest winner from last year's offseason was Jimmy Butler going to Miami. He just won. He just got paid a bunch of money to go live in a beautiful city and then play for a good team and like, not pay a, taxes and not pay taxes. <laughs> And look what Andrew Iguodala did. He's going to another place where he doesn't have to pay taxes. He doesn't have to live in... I'm happy for him. For what was in Memphis. He doesn't... And, like, it's incredible how he did that. Losers of this trade? Nobody? I think... Yeah, nobody. It's pretty satisfying because Memphis finally got rid of him. They got rid of him. I like Justice Winslow to the Grizz. Yes, thank you. Although he's only played, like, 10 minutes all year long because of injury... Still, um, he's a young guy, you he's know. Really, he's really good, and I he's want him good. to succeed. Like he was a Duke kid, right? Yeah, Duke kid. Like um, I thought, I think it's good that he's going to a young team. I think like fitting him on a team with he'll John fit. Morant, like right there, and like it's fun. It, yeah, I think the Grizzlies have a really bright future. Jaron Jackson Jr. Oh god, nice team. Um, and they're in the playoff contention. So, um, me, it would have been nice to see. Uh, a Memphis and Miami matchup because John Morant and Dylan Brooks were throwing some shade at Iggy. Oh yeah, that was that. That's gonna be interesting. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think those were the most important trades. One la- one trade I, I kind of liked was Philly. They got Alec Burks and Glenn Robinson the third. Yeah, that was nice. They needed shooters. Made sense. But other than that, I think yeah. I I I, I mean, I feel like. It was a really eventful trade deadline. I feel like a lot of things, like, really, like, good things happened for a lot of teams. I don't think there were that many losers except what the heck Cleveland did, but we'll we'll see how that pans out. Maybe yeah. we're wrong. Yeah. Maybe this is all yeah. working out for them and we're just stupid and then Kobe Altman knows what he's doing. Yeah. I think it's still Kobe Altman there, right? I, I don't even know if half no these guys idea. get fired from Cleveland anymore. <laughs> but, yeah, um, just want to, before we go, just want to give a quick announcement. Um we know it's been a long month it's been a really tough time with the passing of kobe bryant and his daughter and the eight other people that died during that um helicopter crash it was terrible seven other people seven other people yeah um we didn't put out anything because we were going through our own grieving process and we wanted to let everybody know that and i think something that we're trying to do now that is going to be more appropriate in our next episode is JV and Nish are going to talk about Kobe Bryant and his life and his greatness. Try to celebrate it, you know. Because I feel like it's we've, we all need a time to grieve. We all need a time to really process it. And it's, two, it's three kids who grew up in L.A. and idolized Kobe. Like, it was, it, it's heartbreaking. But I feel like something we really wanted to do was put a positive spin on it and just talk about him so next episode please tune in it's gonna be a good one um we're gonna sit down talk about kobe and how great he was yep so thanks everybody for listening 
I'm glad to be back. I'm glad you're back from God knows where. Was it? I, I want to keep saying, I want to say Vegas just because it sounds cooler. Yeah, yeah I was in Vegas. I was in Vegas. <laughs> um, follow us on social media, on Instagram. Listen to us on every every uh, platform platform for podcasts that you listen to. Uh, thank you again to, uh, thank you again to our our lovely people at Apple for sponsoring us. <laughs> can, you imagine, can you imagine if Apple actually sponsored? I was like, wait, what? Did you not tell me something? I thought no. Uh, but thank you. But we really, really are grateful. Mainly, thank you to. Our, our everybody listening to us we're really appreciative we we're getting up there in, in viewership we're in and and we're gonna be putting a lot more content out you know, yeah we've been we got some stuff we're gonna have some stuff coming up especially with playoffs coming up nfl draft coming up yeah there's gonna be a lot of stuff we're gonna talk about and we really want to thank you guys for listening and keeping up with us so yeah this is gary d this is Nish. signing out peace, peace.